Drive Time on RTE Radio 1, sponsored by Zurich. Create a brighter future with a savings plan from Zurich. Visit zurich.ie to find out more. Drive Time on RTE Radio 1 with Sarah McInerney and Cormac O'Hara. You're welcome back to Headlines. A Russian regional governor has said that a drone which crashed near a Russian energy facility around 100 kilometres from Moscow today was likely attempting to target civilian infrastructure. The British Prime Minister Rishi Sunak, who visited Belfast today, has said Northern Ireland would become the world's most exciting economic zone if the new trade deal with the EU resulted in the restoration of power sharing. And the Minister of State, Niall Collins, is to ask the Concordia to set aside time for him to make a doiled statement on a planning application he made in 2001. Sport on RTE Radio 1. Here's Siobhan Madigan. Katie Taylor's homecoming fight with Amanda Serrano scheduled for May 20th in Dublin is off. Serrano has suffered an unspecified injury in training leading to her withdrawal from the scheduled Dublin contest. The girls' promotional stables will now meet in the coming weeks to try and settle on an alternative date for the blockbuster rematch between the pair. Unbeaten Taylor edged the first fight in New York last year, winning via split decision. Matchroom CEO Eddie Hearn last week hinted that Talks regarding a potential fight for Taylor in Croke Park towards the end of the summer or in early autumn may yet take place. And now it appears Serrano is again a possible opponent for Taylor, who has yet to fight in Ireland as a professional. Four games in the fifth round of the FA Cup this evening. Leeds United won their first encounter under new manager Javi Gracia in the Premier League at the weekend. But it's his favourite competition this evening and a date with Fulham awaits. I love this competition. Of course, I don't like to play three games in eight days. It's not good in, that, in, that, in this moment for me. But if we are able to win, it will be something really good for us. Stoke City host Brighton, Blackburn go to Leicester and at 8 o'clock Ashton Gate will be the venue for the meeting of Bristol City and the Premier League holders Manchester City. Tottenham Hotspur's manager Antonio Conte continues to recover following gallbladder surgery in his native Italy. He will again miss his side's FA Cup game with second place championship side Sheffield United tomorrow. Assistant manager Christian Stellini has a perfect record at the helm with four wins from four games and he will continue to deputise in Conte's absence. The Connacht assistant coach Colm Tucker has signed a three-year contract extension with the province today. In 2021, Tucker signed on as defence coach and as part of a coaching restructure, he has since moved to scrum and contact coach for this season. Under his leadership, the Connacht scrum is currently ranked the best in the United Rugby Championship and they have a 98% win ratio. And that leads nicely to the question mark regarding the new Leinster assistant coaching role and with Leo Cullen extending his contract with the province yesterday the question now is who will replace his assistant Stuart Lancaster. Cullen has played down any suggested links with the former All Black and current Blues head coach Leon MacDonald and many see Jonathan Sexton as a coach when his playing career comes to an end. So how about Sexton making the transition from player to coach at Leinster? Well, Johnny's got a great rugby intellect and an amazing rugby brain. Like, he's incredibly sharp. You know, the wealth of knowledge that he has, experience that he has, top end of the game. 
and he loves the game like most importantly like I think it's important that you know if you're going to coaching it's it's full on so first and foremost I think you have to love the game um, you got to watch, enjoy watching a lot of footage mm. trying to help players improve and then working in a cohesive environment with other coaches backroom team you know medics S&C etc etc so yeah like I think he'd be suited to coaching Johnny at some point but that'll be up to him as to what he wants to do whenever that is you know who knows like maybe he'll play on beyond and it's it's a challenging game so you know when obviously when you're playing the game you think a certain way but you know coaching will challenge you in a different way and I had to learn that very very quickly you know and I think you see that with some players that have gone into coaching that have had many challenges so yeah it's it's probably a conversation for another day Jockey Paul Townend has an enviable book of rides at this year's Cheltenham Festival. The festival will be underway this day fortnight. The champion jockey says it's a fantastic feeling to ride a winner at the festival and he's fortunate to be riding for Willie Mullins who has so many of the fancy runners at this year's showpiece. It's amazing how you'll spot faces in in the crowd and even hear a voice that you recognise with all the noise that's going on around the place but it's a special feeling walking down in front of the stands there. It's you know, it doesn't happen anywhere else. And uh, for that week alone in the year, we probably, uh, you know, we get centre stage in the, on the newspapers and the news channels. I'm lucky I'm riding now when, when the, the good horses are here and, and we have a good team of them in Clausutton. So, um, yeah, just very fortunate that we've come on in this generation. And tennis US Open champion Carlos Alcaraz will make his debut at Queen's Club in the lead up to this year's Wimbledon Grand Slam Championship. World number five, Taylor Fritz and the US Open semi-finalist Francis Tiafoe are also confirmed to play in the grass court event. The Queen's Club competition will run from June 19th to 25th ahead of Wimbledon, which will get underway on July 3rd. Finally, sad to report the passing earlier today of the former Ireland rugby international and team manager Brian O'Brien. A graduate of the famed Shannon Rugby Football Club, he became the first player from the club to represent Ireland back in 1963. He featured for Munster and Ireland in both playing and management roles and coaching roles. He passed away earlier today at the age of 83. Uh, thank you very much indeed Siobhan Madigan for that. You've been texting the programme to 51551 on the Leaving Cert and Reform. A listener says it's terrible news for students that they uh, cannot sit paper one of English and Irish earlier. Most students are dreading the pressure of the Leaving Cert and this would have helped. My daughter did transition year partly because of this and now it's not happening. We're very disappointed and that every good change is resisted and delayed says that listener. On food and uh, ultra-processed food. This just says, until people are educated in the power of marketing at an overt and particularly at a subliminal level, we will lose the war with obesity, alcohol addiction, smoking and a range of other adverse health-threatening conditions. And uh, one more before our next conversation uh, on prenups. Uh, a listener says, Josepha, uh, and that refers to Minister of State Josepha Madigan, who said, Ireland is an outlier in terms of not legislating for uh, prenuptial agreements. Um, Josepha is right on the money, says Ed. People entering a marriage should be able to protect themselves from being fleeced by a scornful spouse. And you can text the programme to 51551 now. 
A new, and this looks really superb, I must say, a new comedy drama begins on RTE1 television tomorrow night called The Dry. You may have seen uh, the ads for it. It stars Kieran Hines and Roisin Gallagher, who plays the part of Shiv Sheridan, who returns to Dublin sober after years of partying in London. But being back in Ireland makes staying on the dry much more difficult than she expected. So just how difficult is it to be sober in Ireland? It's one of the key questions, I suppose, that the uh, uh, show confronts us with. A country with a pub culture uh, as strong as it is here, where alcohol is very much part of our society. Uh, you can text us to 51551. Siobhan Murray is a psychotherapist and burnout coach and has been sober for 15 years and joins me now. Siobhan, you're very welcome to the programme. I hope uh, you can hear me, Siobhan, can you? There seems to be a little problem uh, with uh, Siobhan's line. We'll get that sorted in just a a moment. Until we do, I might come back and uh, bring you some more of the text because they have been flying in in relation to, particularly in relation to uh, food. Um, Cormac says one listener, uh, and that is Catherine, who I referred to earlier in the programme. And an awful lot of people have been complimenting Catherine. Let me say to you, Catherine, uh, who cut back on processed food four weeks ago, she says, to just three servings per week. An awful lot of people asking, how did you do it? Uh, and I suspect, although she doesn't say it's just cold turkey, maybe it's the only way. Uh, but let me come back to uh, the dry and how difficult it is to stay on the dry, stay away from alcohol, recover from alcoholism in Ireland with its uh, pub culture and so so on. Siobhan Murray, a psychotherapist and a burnout coach, you're very welcome to the programme. Good evening. Lovely to, to be talking to you, Cormac. Now, uh, and I, as I say, you're, you've been sober for 15 years. Isn't that right, Siobhan? It is, yeah. Nearly a lifetime at this point. <laughs> a lifetime of good memories. Uh, I, I believe you're looking forward to um, the dry drama um, tomorrow for, for a particular reason. Yes. Um, and, and also because I've watched as it was released in the States um, before here going, when is it going to when is it going it's to tomorrow, to tomorrow be yeah. aired? So I'm very excited um, by complete uh, just one of those things that happened mm. um, pre-production. Um, I ended up having the, the ability to speak to Roisin, who is the main character, Shiv, um, about my experience of, you know, becoming from being somebody who drank um, and, and and really drank to being sober and living in Dublin, um, just to give her an idea of the challenges, or you know, and also the positives, um, you know, the supports. But I think back then, for me, it was would have been a lot more challenges. Why? I mean, what was difficult about uh, recovering from alcoholism in Dublin? Well, you look back 15 years ago, there really wasn't um, non-alcoholic beverages. So you were you were confined to a cup of tea in a pub, um, still or sparkling water or a fizzy drink or maybe some cordial. Mm-hmm. And, you know, th- that was really it. And if you said, no, I don't drink, you were either had taken the pledge as a child um, and never drank. You were possibly pregnant or you had a problem with drinking and you know then you you didn't talk about it Mm -hmm. people didn't didn't go oh why so now you look at the difference even in in 15 years in a short period of time the pubs are awash 
with non-alcoholic drinks. There's pubs that are dedicated to just non-alcoholic um, drinks. And there's this huge sober curious movement where it's become very acceptable um, to to say, oh, well, I'm sober curious. I'm not drinking at this event or I'm not doing... Although um, people still find that difficult, uh, Siobhan. And we'll talk about that in just a second, how things are, are changing, but maybe mm-hmm. not as quickly as some people would like. Can I ask you about, because some people will always say, well, she wasn't that bad or she didn't have as much of a problem. Can, can I ask you about your alcoholism? How How bad was it for you? Well, to put it into context, um, by the time I stopped drinking, um, and I I wouldn't have really got into drinking probably until my very late teens, you know, like the 1920s. I wasn't, it wasn't something I started very young. Um, By the time I stopped, I would, my normal would have been drinking two bottles of wine a night while holding down a corporate job and being a mum to two small kids. Um, And I say that that's not something I'm proud of, but they were my nights in. That was my normal. Mm -hmm. Um, So this wasn't, well, I drank, I had a couple of glasses of wine on a Thursday. Um, This was was, every night. This was a massive dependency. And, you know, the the term functioning alcoholic, well, you're not. You're you're absolutely not functioning. You may think you're putting one foot in front of the other. But but you you held down a job though. Yeah, um, I mean, I was, would have been in constant state of high anxiety. You know, I can look back now um, and see that I was also, and still am, a single mum. So, I, you know, I raised two kids. Um, but the impact it had on me, you know, if I was going to meet somebody on a Friday night, even though I was going to a pub or a restaurant where I would have been drinking, I still would have had to have two or three glasses of wine before I left the house in order to be able to go to the event or mm-hmm. the dinner or whatever. Yeah. Uh, were there reasons uh, for it? You don't have to go into this now, but b- people always um, have a justification, don't they? Or, or they feel they do for, for their drinking. They say, there's a lot of pressure in my life. It's my... It's my uh, stress release uh, valve and so on. Mm -hmm. Did you find looking back, Siobhan, that you you could justify your drinking? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I started in my 20s working in the music industry. So um, 30 years ago, it was incredibly social, you know, so it was it was acceptable. It was the norm. It was, you know, sure, I'm going to a gig on a Tuesday. You're like, I'm supposed to drink. Um, but then what for me, it became that that crutch <laughs> that allowed me to live and work within that quite high demand social environment. Mm-hmm. Um, and that then became, th- that behavioral pattern just became my way of being. So it wasn't that I was, you know, I had a, a bottle of vodka stashed in the filing cabinet in work. Um I, I would have been very, um, you know, you don't drink before this time, and and you don't do this, and yeah, because because if I did if I did anything outside of that, then I'd have a problem. But you, it became easier to then drink at home because it it was more accessible, it was cheaper, no yeah. one was judging you. Mm-hmm. It's you know one glass, 
like I didn't start off drinking two bottles of wine a night by, by uh, any I think, means. I think, Siobhan, uh, I suspect that an awful lot of people may be listening um, with a slow realisation uh, about their own maybe drinking habits at this stage, given, I, I say that not, not because I... I I say that gleefully in any way, but because of the prevalence mm. of problem drinking uh, in Ireland. Can I bring to you two texts? And, and I want to talk about um, recovering from alcoholism in, them, in Ireland. A Longford listener says, take alcohol out of Ireland and its culture evaporates. Uh, and we can discuss that possibly uh, at another time. But I'll bring you the next text mm-hmm. in. And you can comment on it. I used to pretend to, be an, uh, pretend to be on antibiotics when I didn't want to drink on a night out. However, people asked me which ones I was taking because they knew which ones were compatible with alcohol. And that goes to your point about things changing, but obviously not quickly enough. It's still difficult not to, not to drink in Ireland. And I think what I found is that after a couple of years when I was the one that was very comfortable not drinking, but it was still other people who were not comfortable with the sober person in the mix. So it's nearly like the person that's going, no, I'm not drinking, I'm I'm using the antibiotics. They're they're making the drinkers feel uncomfortable Mm -hmm. because... It's, it's, you know, sure, you're not having any crack. Like, yeah, how can you have any crack? You're not drinking. Yeah. And I think, and I think as well, one of the challenges is this, this, you know, for people who want to give up drinking, and I say that rather as opposed to people who need to mm-hmm. give up drinking, mm-hmm. is that want, but the, the, in the back of their mind going, will I ever have fun again? Like, how will I have fun? Because we've based so much of our our culture and uh, our experiences around alcohol at events, um, whether it's christenings, whether it's birthdays, weddings, like it's always there. It's always so, there, yeah. Can, can I ask you finally then, um, really briefly, if you can you give people the, the top bit of advice if people are listening to you and really reflecting on their own lives? Give us one piece of advice then. If, you know, if, if somebody feels, there was a great saying, if alcohol is only ever a problem if it's causing you and those around you an issue. And that's, you, because I would never say everybody should give up drinking, but if you find that if you can say actually it is causing me an issue, then that's the time to go. I I want to speak to somebody about it and maybe make some changes. And maybe the chat will do no harm one way or another. Burnout coach and psychotherapist Siobhan Murray, thank you very much indeed uh, for talking to us. A real pleasure uh, to speak with you. And if you were affected by any uh, element of that conversation, there is help available at rte.ie forward slash helplines.